0: On this episode, 198, we are continuing on with our 200 episode contest details in a few minutes. You want to listen up for that and we're breaking down how you can pitch yourself better on social media publications and in the media with very simple, easy strategies. Stay tuned. You have got to listen to this. I'm Andrea Maxim, and this is the Profitable Practice Podcast, made for practitioners who are ready to build a six-figure practice with a million-dollar impact that also lets you close your laptop and be present with your family anytime you want to. Together, we will challenge the antiquated ways of running a practice, we'll merge our brick and mortar online, and build, systemize, and grow as maximized practitioners. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, my amazing podcast listeners. We are well into the countdown for our 200th episode, which will go live at the very end of this month. And so all last week, if you are following me on Instagram at @andrewmaxim_nd, I have been posting all about our new contest that's going down for the whole month of June, as well as offering little incentives to pay attention to my stories. All last week, we did quizzes for the last episode, 197, on the top seven things that I've learned in 200 episodes, and it was so fun. We had so many people doing the quiz and getting so close to getting perfect, and we've definitely had a few winners of a Amazon or Starbucks gift card. So I'm going to keep that trend going and pop into my Instagram stories and throw out a few extra contests some easy wins for you. But it requires you to pay attention to download those episodes and actually listen to them in order to win, because the questions are easy if you know the answers, which means you have to listen. Um, So. Pay attention for that if you are not already following me on Instagram, at Maximendi. That is where the party is going down. And in my feed, I have our big contest. And that contest is if you tag someone, there's three posts, you can tag someone on any of the posts, and then um, write a review somewhere where you listen to this podcast and take a picture of that, because oftentimes the reviews take a few days to show up, then you will... Number one, automatically get a seat for our half day intensive that I run every January and July with our elite level member members, not our elite level member members, those two, but our maximized practitioner program members. So only those members get in um, on these half day intensive. They are four hours long. It is all live and tons of room for hot seats, tons of room for strategy. And I, of course, talk about our systems and what's working for us. Not only do you get that instantaneously just by entering, but you also enter into our big prize. So you know that we have the elite level membership. That is our high-end, done-with-you program slash service. And if you enter the contest and then enter that draw and win you get a week's worth of free work done by me and my team plus a one-hour one-on-one mentorship call with me. So that's any work that we can get done in a week, our team will step up and do. That could be editing or auditing your website pages, your landing pages, creating a new logo, social media posting, um, planning your next launch. Anything that we can do within that week You have a set your beck and call, plus you get a strategy call with me. And that prize is worth well over $1,000, considering I have to pay my team and all the work that goes into doing that, plus my time. So all you have to do is work for about five minutes, tagging someone on one of those three posts on Instagram, and um, then leaving a review and taking a picture of it and sharing that with me, and then you are totally entered. And even just getting a free spot or free seat at the half-day intensive should really be more than enough to get your butt in gear, and get those fingers a tap in, and get those at signs clicking, and all those things. So just go and do it. It is going to be totally worth your while, and that is until the last episode, episode two hundred, which is coming out in a few short weeks. So go and do that now. But for those that have been with me on this journey. I love you so much. I love that you're a part of my tribe. Thank you so much for listening. And what we're going to be talking about today is all things messaging. So I remember when I first graduated, all I wanted to do was get published and be like in front of all the publications, get in the newspapers, get in the magazines, and I would like search out all of these places. Lo and behold... As you get a little bit more savvy in the world of PR, you start to realize how a lot of these big publications that people are getting on, they're actually buying their spots on them. There's even a free site that you can go to where journalists are actually looking for um, submissions on articles that they're trying to write and Um, If they pick you, then you get published on their blog or in their um, article or whatever the case may be, which is a great resource to start using if you really want to get your name kind of out there, get your SEO ranked a little bit more. And that's a totally free site, which I will link to in the show notes. But with regards to media, with regards to getting out there, getting published, getting publicized, there's absolutely an art to it. So I wanted to bring on Elaine Capagines who has been reaching out to the practitioner space and used to run a highly sought after magazine and now is helping people to pitch without pitching, to pitch without selling, but learning how to pitch themselves. And you guys know that I am all about marketing and messaging and I know how important that is. But beyond publications, you also need to know how to show up on social media. You also need to know how to show up on your emails. You also need to know about how to write good email headers. And all of the same skills that you can use to pitch yourself to a publication can 100% be used in your day-to-day social media and writing, copywriting skill set, which you need to have In order to stand out. And I will tell you that the messaging piece, which is why we work so hard at it with our students to create their unique branded message and methodology and create their own niche and ecosystem, is because you are a dime a dozen. I don't care what profession you are in, your school spits you out like little robots, and it is up to you to bring the flair and the shine and your personality and create your own brand And so I thought this was a very nice podcast, a very good interview to have as our 198th episode, because it's going to directly impact you and how you move forward with your messaging. So without further ado, let's jump to the interview with Elaine. Elaine, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. I love how we met. We were just saying this before we started that basically we just got one person saying, you need to speak to Andrea and I need to speak to you. Random email, (laughs) book the podcast and here we are, you know, besties already. I love so, it. This is,
1: this is, <laughs> yeah. I love working like this. I love the spontaneous connection. So sure. this is right up my alley.
0: <laughs> awesome. So what I would love for you to do before we kick into this ever so important conversation about messaging and getting yourself heard amongst the crowd give us a little bit of an insight into why working with practitioners is so near and dear to your heart.
1: Yeah, awesome. So I, right now I'm actually a media coach and PR strategist. Um, Organically, I've kind of ended up working with a lot of practitioners, um, basically from my previous life as a magazine editor. So Um, I dove into the world of natural health and wellness as a magazine publisher after the birth of my first daughter. Um, I was sort of introduced into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had a midwife and we started talking about a lot of alternative options. And, you know, I was really interested in homeopathy and um, kind of kind of got thrown into that world. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when my daughter, I decided not to go back to my full time job. I had been working as a publisher, uh, associate publisher, journalist, writer, editor for Um, over 10 years before I had my first daughter. um, Decided not to go back to my full-time career. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, Didn't last for very long. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In terms of just being a mom, um, I had an opportunity that I saw to, you know, start this magazine. I saw a need in the community. Um, I started seeing a lot of community support for it. So in 2014, I launched the Holistic Parent magazine and it was wonderful. It was a super success for about um, five years. And then at the end of 2019, I I, I had started to do a lot of networking events, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of in-person networking events. It was something that my community wanted and needed, and they were all looking for that connection with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started bringing together like-minded entrepreneurs um, together in these network settings and it was kind of through that that I realized I was actually doing more work on kind of the behind-the-scenes business development side of things than I was actually in the publishing world. And I was really gravitating more towards that supporting other entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So in two, right at the end of 2019, um, I actually uh, closed the magazine and started working full-time with entrepreneurs doing media coaching, um, content marketing, and PR support. So that's kind of where I am today. And, and most of my, you know, most of my clients and most of my network really do, uh, you know, go back to my days uh, working as the holistic parent. And uh, I end up working with just so many wellness practitioners and they're just like my favorite to work with.
0: <laughs> and we need you desperately because the number one issue, and I feel like I just have a natural gift towards it, is, is just talking. So yeah. like I I always use the term of the practitioner bubble where we're all graduating with this like stoic, responsible, mm-hmm. very mature doctor speak and we learn our own doctor language and we don't know how to articulate it to the the regular population like the population yeah. that are like I don't understand what any of your latin terms mean. I just want you to like fix my skin yeah. or like make my tummy feel better. So I would love to hear from you where you're also seeing the biggest obstacles that you're trying to help these practitioners overcome yeah when it comes to just like talking to regular people because it's totally difficult.
1: no you uh, you absolutely nailed it and I think it actually goes a little deeper than that is you know you guys you become such specialists in your area mm-hmm right? Like whether you're a path or you're a holistic nutritionist, like this is what you go to school, go to school for and you train for and you throw your energy into. And then when you're coming out of school, you know, where's that piece on how to run a business? Where, where, like, how do you do bookkeeping? Like, how do you do marketing? How do you do, you know, there's this world of social media. How do you run a practice, grow a practice, but also do your own marketing and social media on the side? And what does that look like? And, um, you know, especially, you know, I don't want to just put this on female entrepreneurs, but as female entrepreneurs, I've just, yeah, you know, I work mostly with females. We just end up having this mentality of like, we have to do it all. Right. And we can't be a specialist in everything.
0: And I would also say, and I probably going to say this, but we also, as females naturally feel very stifled in yeah. what we can say. And we are yeah. very emotional beings and we're afraid to say the wrong thing or totally you know, we'll get that one troll comment and we're just like, okay, I'm out. Like I'm not doing this ever again. I can't handle it. You know, the criticism for sure. And
1: then beyond that is you've also got a regulatory body coming at you saying what you can and can't say as well. So messaging becomes really, really important and, you know, messaging and how you talk about yourself and how you talk about your business. It's at the core of marketing. If you can't communicate who you are and what you do, there's there's going to be a misstep in how you're portrayed by the public and you know I- you know I'm not talking like a big you know potentially not a big international stage I'm definitely there definitely could be a potential sure. for a big international stage but just even in your own region right mm-hmm. positioning yourself as that go-to expert um, now my specialty is in media so a lot of the pr- uh, practitioners that I work with we're positioning them as a go-to media expert um, but it's beyond that it's just how you talk about yourself and your business in a public space and whether that's on social media whether that's going to a networking event and shaking hands with people um, I hear all the time from practitioners that there's a real hesitation to go out to business networking events because they don't feel like they're business people right they're much more comfortable going to say like a a, you know a a mixer with other wellness practitioners but maybe not as comfortable going into you know a chamber of commerce um, networking event.
0: I laugh because the initial thought for me of going to a networking event is like I am so introverted that I feel like those events are so extroverted they're like the extroverted people love it and I'm just like drained by the end yeah so I'm sure there's that piece to it as well
1: of course and I hear that all the time too with media as well because you know I'm I'm been doing a lot of presentations recently on the idea of the media mindset and basically mentally preparing yourself for what it looks like to embark in a media strategy and what it looks Mm -hmm. like to put yourself out there in front of a potentially very large platform yes. and I think you do have to be mentally prepared for that. So yes. and I hear this all the time um and and you know we can go a little bit into the into the media mindset is you know identifying what those limiting beliefs are about yourself, right? And a lot of those are I'm too shy. I'm not good on camera. Um, you know, there's could be some self-esteem issues there where they don't want to see themselves on camera. Um, and, and these are all limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. right? These are, these are just thoughts that you have in your head that are preventing you from doing something that could be really, really good for your business. Right. And I would say the idea of, of identifying exclusively as an, as, as an introvert would also be a limiting belief, especially if you're saying, I'm an introvert, I'm not good at networking events. I'm an introvert, I can't go on, you know, a national news platform and talk about my message. Mm -hmm. That's a limiting belief. And, you know, we just have to stop.
0: (laughs) Asterisks, slash, brackets—excuse, perhaps, to not gain totally skills, to just stay behind the curtain and just be like, "Well, I'm an introvert, therefore, absolutely, and then I'm just going to stay in my corner and you know, woe is me." So, yeah, you
1: absolutely two
0: sides of this for sure. Totally,
1: totally, and people exactly, people use it as an excuse not to do something. Well, I, I'm too shy. I can't go to that networking event, and and you know, one of the other things that I talk about is a lot of people say, "I'm not good at being interviewed." Right. I'm not, I'm not good. I can't think on my feet. I'm not good at being interviewed. So then what I talk about is taking those limiting beliefs and identifying a truth statement, because that's, that is a belief that you have about yourself. It's not the truth, right? There's no... There's, it's a story, right? Totally. There's no, there's no fact that says just because you identify as an introvert means you can't be interviewed, right? <laughs> or you can't go to a networking event. That's not a, that's not a scientific fact. Yeah. That is a belief that you have about yourself. Mm-hmm. So replacing that with a truth statement. And one of the truth statements that I talk about is, you know, people say, "I'm not good at being interviewed." Well, inter- being interviewed is a learned skill, right? Yes. Very few people in the world are born, you know being good at being interviewed, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's not usually, I mean, there's some people who are good at, you know, there's, there's certain characteristics or traits that make somebody better at being interviewed than somebody else, but it's still a learned skill. It's still practice. And, you know, it's, it's identifying what those things are that are holding you back Mm -hmm. and, and, and trying to move forward with, with, from those. And, and like I said, I think, you know, you saying you're an introvert is just one of those, beliefs that you know can 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 limit you can can you can use that as a roadblock to say I just I can't do this right yes
0: so what's coming to me are a few things one oh shoot where do I even start so this that I wrote down was When someone is, let's say, let's get out of the media, like let's get out of the limelight first. And what really piqued my interest was the fact that you have that background in editing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are going to start with writing, with blogging, with copy for social media, dare I say, and go that small. Yep. And I know that you have had so many articles cross your desk for your magazine that you're like, our readers are not going to like this. Yep. And you have some really ballin articles that make it into the magazine because they're written so well. Yeah. I would love for you to start there and talk about, again, the common mishaps that people are doing yeah. with regards to writing. And then,
1: of course, we can get into the vocab. Oh, that's great. This, this is a really, really good question. Um yeah. So I think the biggest mistake that people make is that they write the way that they were trained to write. Yes. As a practitioner. yes. No, <laughs> we don't do that, guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, writing, you know, a journalistic style of writing is something in and of itself. And even, you know, I, I went to journalism school. Um, I had a, I have an honors degree in English and philosophy. That's what I was coming into journalism school with, and it was like day one they were like, f- you know, forget everything that you learned in university <laughs> because yes. the way that you write for, an, you know, an English paper has nothing to do with how you write an article. From the perspective as as a journalist, Mm -hmm. so you know, not to say that everybody who writes for the magazine or anybody who wants to get into writing for media has to has to understand that journalistic style. That's a you know that leave that up to the journalist. But there's still some key pieces that you want to remember. You know, number one is, is you, you, you've got to remember what the audience is, mm-hmm. who that, who are you talking to, right? You're not talking, you know, you're not writing for the association magazine where you're talking to a bunch of practitioners right? and they, you know, they all understand the same language. You're talking to, you know, the mainstream. So it's getting rid of that industry jargon. It's, you know, being able to, um, write very concisely. This is another big mistake that I see is like, yes it's too much. <laughs> like,
0: yes, it's like word diarrhea. And then yeah. if go into the vocab, I find so many times I'm like, shit, people like you could have said that in one yeah. minute. And it took us 20
1: minutes to get absolutely, there. <laughs> absolutely. And it's the same thing with writing. It's like, you know, when I'm editing, one of my favorite things to do. So I, I, uh, yes, I'm a writer. I've done a lot of writing. I have a lot of bylines, um, but my I've always loved editing. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of taking an article that somebody has written and making it better and or ripping and it apart, ripping it apart, and like <laughs> yeah. piece. And I, I've done that before. I've you yeah. know had articles come in that I've assigned out, um, and, and they came back and they were it was just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So I got to rip it apart and then put it back together, and I love that. I love that. And I think one of the biggest mistakes is that if you can say something in five words, why are you saying it in 20 words? Yes. And this comes down to, you know, the overuse of adjectives. This is a big thing. If you actually read, you know, a magazine article or a newspaper article, you'll notice that they're very um, stingy with their adjectives. (laughs) Because if you get too many, you kind of lose the meaning and you sort of forget. And this is, you know, I do talk so I do pitch training, um, where I actually teach people how to pitch themselves to the media. And one of the things that we quick. say is, you know, it's it's quick. You probably have, you know, if you can, so when you're thinking about an email, that subject line is potentially the most critical piece of that entire pitch. Because if your subject line isn't captivating enough, the the journalist isn't going to even open it. Sure. So, you know, if you come out swinging saying like, you know, I've got, you know, talking about, you know, a practitioner saying like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the world's best, most accomplished, uh you know, practitioner, who's focusing on all natural, organic, like you're just throwing everything out there. Yeah. The meaning gets completely lost. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you, you, that's where that messaging, it's got to be tight. It's got to be concise. It's, you know, we do talk about, and we can come back to messaging a little bit, but you know, in my courses, we do talk about finding your expert topic, mm-hmm. right. Those like one or two things that you can talk about as an expert. And it can be separate from your business, right? Because as a practitioner, right, um, you know, especially as a naturopath, for example, like you could see people, you know, postpartum, babies, families, um, you know, getting into like aging and seniors, like, and, and you could have a, a wide variety of specialties, but those aren't your expert topics for right. the media and the public because it's too much. Right. You can't come out and say, I specialize in postpartum and new mom and pediatrics and and gut health and, uh, you know, like just like blah, everything. Those aren't your expert topics. Those are your specialties. That's your business. Mm-hmm. Your expert topic is those one or two things that differentiates you mm-hmm. and your your skills, talents, passions, expertise, what brings it all together and is at the heart of who you are as a public figure. And May I ask
0: you a question? Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> so one of the things that are coming to mind is I found my ability to pitch myself so much easier when I started using my branded methodology. I yes. am the founder of the GATT protocol. Blah, 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 blah. And so I'm wondering if that's leaning into what you're saying. Like this is terms that they haven't heard before. This is a system they haven't heard before. And I think- it, it just helps you stand out so much easier in all realms of business.
1: Yeah. And that's what it is. It's finding what differentiates you from, um, so if you've got a system that you've developed, right? Like that's a differentiator amongst all of the other people, even though, um, you know, I don't, I don't know much about the, I don't know about the, the GATT <laughs> protocol. Okay. But aren't you intrigued? I'm very you intrigued. Want to learn more about great, it? Yeah, totally. It's a great <laughs> title, but you know um, it's really different. So let's just assume that it's around gut health just because I just like yes. gut health, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh it's different than saying you know i'm an expert on you know gut health or i'm an expert in the gut brain right. connection right because there's lots of people that specialize that but you've narrowed it down to a point where you've you've systematized a protocol and now that you're able to talk about that now that's not to say that's all you do mm-hmm. right it's not like that's all you do 24 hours a day <laughs> you just you know run patients my foot through that protocol mm. <laughs> yeah so you know and and people really really struggle with this um even the idea of presenting yourself as an expert Mm -hmm. can really trip people up. Um, You know, I, we just finished a cohort of 15 female entrepreneurs. Um, 13 of them were service providers. And I would say a good chunk of those were natural health service providers. Yeah. Um, There was a really wide range of people who were uh, uh, connected to the idea of an expert topic. Some people really leaned into it. Um, Mostly they were the more established practitioners sure. comes with confidence yeah I get it totally it comes with confidence they knew exactly I said you know, what's your expert topic and you know they were able to like tap into that very very quickly the people that really struggled with it were the people who were newer to the practice mm-hmm. who were going through some sort of pivot or transition sure. or somebody who was just disconnected with the idea of an expert I'm not an expert I'm not an Mm -hmm. expert Mm -hmm. and hear this as well and I mean this is again coming back to that idea of being that media mindset if you come out and you say oh I'm not an expert why is the media going to want to talk to me about x y and z I'm not an expert. they just won't right exactly they won't they won't and there's always going to be somebody that knows more than you Mm -hmm. so you know oh don't talk to me talk to this other person who has you know more experience than I am well no because you still have a voice you still have an opinion you're still an expert in something If nothing else, you're an expert in your own story. And that's a big piece to remember is that everybody's got a story, right? Nobody else can tell your story the way that you can. So tapping into that and that's how you're presenting yourself in the public sphere That's where that messaging becomes really, really powerful. And that's where you can start seeing a crossover between the blog articles and the social media content and, you know, the articles that you're submitting for publication and just the way that you talk about yourself. It's that's where everything kind of comes together.
0: So there's a there's two questions that are coming to mind. One is with regards to writing style, I find mm-hmm. when I read over practitioners writing, it's very much using the third person. Yes. So the way or this is how we do this or um, our bodies need blah blah blah. Um, mm-hmm. And the very first thing I do is I put it back into first person because I it it, with social media. I'm like, I want you to be talking to me. I want to feel like, you know, my problems. I want to feel like there's a connection here. What would you say about that with regards to writing? And of course this depends on the article in the magazine or the newspaper whatever, but I know a lot of people right now are just trying to get the social media game under control. And I find that to be such a huge difference in engagement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, no, I think, I think you, you're absolutely correct. Um, There's a big difference between writing, say for like the national post and writing for your own social media audience. So yeah, you, you, you've got to get it back to that first person. So I'm going to butcher this quote. I actually should probably write this. Like I quote, I quote from this, I quote this all the time and I butcher it every time I got to (laughs) like put it on my computer or something. But um, Seth Godin said something along the lines of, you know, people don't buy products and services, they buy relations, connection, and magic. Mm-hmm. Right. People don't want to buy your service. I'm sorry. I don't care how good your service is. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred people, um, you know, especially depending on what area in, there's a hundred natural paths that they can go to and talk to. What they want to they want to connect with you as a person. They want to feel heard. Mm-hmm. They want to feel like they're building a relationship. And, you know, at the heart of marketing, whether it's you know, traditional. When you're thinking about marketing, whether you're thinking about social media or whether you're thinking about public relations, which is an offshoot of marketing, um, it comes back to that no like and trust factor. So. Coming back to your point, you know, if you're coming out and you're saying, you know, you're posting or you're blogging and you're talking about we do this and this is how, you know, it it all it feels very impersonal. Mm -hmm. People don't want that. Okay, they know why they're coming to a natural path. They understand. They've already they understand why they need chiropractics or why they need Mm. uh, a massage therapist. Um, But what they don't know is you and your story and why am I going to come to you? Versus that other person over there that looks just as qualified. So you've got to tap into that no like, and trust factor. And it's absolutely right. It's speaking directly to that audience, not at them. Engaging that conversation with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So with regards to writing, I certainly have like, I think everyone has a better idea. Hopefully it's waking you up and you're reflecting (laughs) on how you're doing things. Mm -hmm. Now I would love to talk about the vocabulary that people are using because now we're entering the world of Instagram stories are King video is King. That's what everybody is doing. And I will tell you, I will watch certain videos. And after two or three seconds, I'm like, no this is just not, I, they are not capturing my attention. I am so not interested in this. And then there's other people where like five minutes have gone by and I'm just like, whoa, like they just locked me in. Mm -hmm. How are you starting to reframe people's approach to showing up on video?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to start by saying something a little controversial. (laughs) Please do. Um, I have a very strong belief that, Social media is not right for every service provider. And I've actually worked with clients in the past, mostly within the natural health and wellness space, that we have actually pulled out of social media because it didn't make sense for them. Um, Their content wasn't aligned with, you know, the messaging that they were putting out. But even more important if you're a regional service provider, mm-hmm. putting a lot of time and energy and investment into a big social media platform that you're reaching globally, yes, it's really hard. And I think this is even this becomes even more subtle for you know somebody like a natural path who is only licensed to work in certain areas. Yes. Right. Like as a naturopathic doctor, if you're, you know, putting out this great, amazing content on social media with the idea that you're going to get more clients and more patients and you're going to grow your practice, but you're reaching people down in the States, mm-hmm. like well, th- there's, there's no conversion there. Right. Like, yes, your end goal there might be other reasons to do social media in terms of like maybe doing speaking engagements or brand recognition or positioning yourself as an expert in some way. But, sure. you know, I don't believe that social media is the be all and end all, um, especially for a regional service provider. So with that being said, yes,
0: I'm listening to you and I think so many people are going to resonate with that. And I can almost feel shoulders coming down from people's ears being like, yes, I don't have to do this.
1: No. And there's just, I think that, you know, just the way that the time that we live in right now, there's just this expectation that you have to be on social media. And to the point where actually there's a lot of people that I talk to, I'm like, okay, well, you know, what are you doing for your marketing? Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Well, what else are you doing for your marketing? Oh, that's it. Like, really? You can't do these things in isolation, right? Like, and then they, I'm like, well, why are you doing Instagram? And they're like, well, because I feel like I have to, because that's where everybody is. Okay. That's yes. Lots of people are on Instagram, but you have to look at the platform for what it is, which is people go to the platform for some kind of engaging content. Mm -hmm. The conversion rate on Instagram is almost nothing. Like, Even looking at my own analytics to get people to do anything from Instagram, sign up for a free, you know, document, um, even go and check out a blog post my click-through rate from Instagram is almost negligible Mm -hmm. because people don't go to, that's not the content that people are consuming on Instagram. So coming back to your original point is this is where video has become, you know, kind of that go-to because you can create that same type of content and that same type of messaging that you're hoping to achieve over say on a YouTube video or a blog, but you can do that right inside um, Instagram now, either with stories or with IGTV or with reels. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to your goals. Sure. Like why, you know, I always have to ask, why are you doing this? Right? Like, is it because you feel like you have to, then that's maybe, we've got to have a conversation about that. (laughs) Right. And, and in terms of like, there's some, you know, video is just, it's a slippery slope. You've, you've got to do it well or it's not going to resonate with your audience. And you've got to ask yourself, are you doing more harm than good by producing these videos that are not engaging with your audience?
0: Mm-hmm. So, and it's a huge you know, waste of time, like totally I'll give a perfect example. My mom is a realtor and she's crushing it just with word of mouth. And she's like, well, yep. I see other realtors being on Instagram. I see other people doing videos. I think like I have to, I'm like, mom, you don't have to, you are getting all of the clients that you can handle just by offering tremendous service. Yeah, You don't even need to look at Instagram and you will make millions of dollars. Like you're fine.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing. And, and, and it becomes even, and again, I, this is why I really do love working with practitioners because there's this other layer of converse uh, of, com you know, another layer here is that there's only a fixed number of hours that you're able to work, right? There's there's a finite number, right? Yeah. Unless you're doing some sort of online content, if you're running courses, if you're doing coaching, like even, co- even if you're doing one-on-one coaching, there still is a limit to what you're going to be able to, to do. Even if you work 24-7 for 10 years, there's still... A number attached to that. So, you know, to go out and to invest and and, and investment, I mean, time and energy, it could be a monetary investment. um, But, and you've got to think about what are you taking away from your practice, right? If you're spending all of this time on social media trying to build these, you know, videos that you think you should be building and engaging because you think you're supposed to be doing it, or have to, or have to, right? Like, can that time be better spent going to a networking event and shaking? hands with somebody who might give you a referral for somebody to actually come in your office, you know, maybe that's a better use of your time. Email marketing is absolutely um, phenomenal for practitioners. I love diving into email marketing with my wellness practitioners that I work with. I just think it's so powerful. Um, And I mean, the conversion rate on a good email marketing, you you can't beat it. So, you know, I agree. All of my big sales, all of our promotions never came
0: off of social media. It was always with our email list. And let's circle back then to what you were talking about originally. If you can't write a good subject line, you got to work on that. If you can't write an email copy, that's engaging. That makes people want to click through. You got to work on that. Like I agree with you.
1: Yeah. And it's, this is the thing is it's all going to come together. You can't do one of these things in isolation because if, if you're saying, okay, I'm going to send out an e-newsletter, well, what, what's the content, what are you providing? Because, you know, at the end of the day, and I know practitioners understand this is it's got to be sales through service, right? Like you've got to lead with that idea that you're serving your audience in some mm-hmm. ways, serving your patients, serving your potential clients. Like you've got to start with that, that, that service, If you're just sending out emails that says book, my services, book, my services, book, my services, Mm -hmm. that's leading from a sales perspective, right? You've got to give your clients some, some education, inspiration or information. Those are like my three Holy grails. If you're not providing the inspiration, education, or information about something, I'm probably going to tune you out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you do this from an email perspective? Well, you've got to have some other content you've got to have a blog. You've got to be out doing stuff that you're going to be able to refer back to, even if it's just referring to other, you know, having enough, a network that you can tap into, you know, of somebody else's blog or, you know, you've, you've got to think about how you're going to serve that audience with that email letter. And it's going to be, again, coming back to that, know, like, and trust. That's how you're going to build that relationship with your clients. And that's how you're going to get the repeat bookings. So it, it's all, it's all got to work together. So the final piece that's
0: coming up for me is getting comfortable with the fact that we are doing all of this to make sales. Mm -hmm. And the biggest obstacle I can foresee out of all of the limiting beliefs, out of all the stories, out of all the excuses, is we don't like to get money. We want it. We want the lifestyle. We don't want a million dollars. Most healthcare practitioners I've talked to do not want a million dollars.
1: They need they to change to that a- mindset right now.
0: <laughs> which I'm I'm fine with. Like if you don't want to have a million dollars in the bank, yeah. that's cool. But what they do want is they want the money to provide them with the freedom yeah. of the lifestyle that they choose at any huh. given time. Yeah. But in order to receive that, our bills have to get paid. The overhead has to get paid. We may have a team that we need to pay to do all of the things in our finite time. So how do you also engage the conversation of, I'm not teaching you how to pitch just so you can learn a speech and then like check that off your list. I'm not teaching you how to write so you can send the occasional email and be like, sweet, sent my email today or sweet, posted my you know Instagram post. How do you really start being like, We are marketing you so that you make sales.
1: You absolutely nailed it. And actually, the subtitle of my course (laughs) that I run is called The Seven Steps to Securing Meaningful Media Coverage That Converts. Yeah. And I think this is a big, misstep in the marketing conversation is that we don't have that conversion piece mm-hmm. right everyone's it's about you know you talk to a lot of marketing professionals not all of them but you talk to you know some marketing professionals you talk to a lot of pr people and it's all about the brand recognition it's all about that that um you know uh credibility piece it's mm-hmm. about the that blue check mark piece.
0: Or chasing right exactly but
1: mark. yeah but if you're not if you're not converting then I mean, not what's the point, but kind of what's the point? Yeah. (laughs) And I think this comes back to that social media piece. Like, if you're throwing all of this energy into social media, but you're not converting anything, then you've got to take a step back and say, like, okay, what's not connecting? Is my content not connecting? Is my messaging not connecting? Is this the right platform for me? Sometimes it's just not abandoning social media completely. It's that you're just on the wrong platform. Yeah. Right. So, this is why. You know, whether I'm doing a media strategy with somebody, whether I'm doing a marketing strategy with somebody, we really do have to look at those analytics and make sure that our efforts are converting. Mm-hmm. Right. And and conversion can mean a bunch of different things. Right. It, it, yes, it means, you know, like bums in seats as a practitioner, <laughs> but, it, you know, it also means that that long game. Right. It's and especially this comes in with that media piece is, you know, you can't. Yes, we set goals for every single interview. And the way that you um, and, you know, I get quite deeply into this in the course is the way that you go about that interview and the mindset that you go into. There is a conversion piece. There's a call to action at somewhere in that interview. Sure. Right. Not, maybe not a direct call to action in terms of like, I mean, if you're getting quoted in a magazine, um, you know, there's no direct call to action there, but in your mindset, there's some conversion that needs to happen, whether it's growing your email list, whether it is growing your social media following, Mm -hmm. whether it's getting people to download your course or whether it's getting somebody to book a session with you. Mm -hmm. But you've got to be very, very strategic with how you go about getting those results. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, conversion needs to be top of mind when you're creating any type of marketing or public outreach program. You've got to keep the conversion in mind. And if it's not converting, then you've got to make some adjustments in some way or another. So
0: what are some key takeaways That people that are listening right now can be like, okay, I got to change this. I got to do more of this. I got to stop doing this. What are some of those, like maybe picks an arbitrary number, like three, five or whatever, just pieces like this is the most common mistakes that I, I see most people making here is where you can get started.
1: Yeah. So number one is, you know, identifying those limiting beliefs and replacing them with true statements because you're not going anywhere. So, you know, when I talk about the media mindset, it's three steps. It's, you know, becoming aware of those beliefs. It's adjusting those beliefs. And then there's an action piece. So, you know, that really that first step, I mean, if you're talking about like three takeaways, the first one really is identifying what's holding you back. You know, is it a story that you're telling yourself? Um, is it some, pa- it could be some past experience. Maybe you've had, I hear this all the time. I used, I, you know, I used to work with a, um, a marketing company and it didn't go well and I lost tens of thousands of dollars and sure. I don't want to do that again. Sure. Of course. That's a negative experience that you've had, but don't let that experience define what's coming next because you're not going to, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. You're not going to be able to move forward. If you're stuck in this idea of, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't right. do your this. Your past I can't. will never dictate your future. Ever. Absolutely, absolutely. So then, you know, that next piece is, you know, so that's number one. Number two is, you know, do the work to, to figure out how to move yourself forward, right? If it is, you know, if it's a past experience, you know, doing some work to think about how you can move forward with that. Mm-hmm. If it is a belief that you have, you know, replacing that, I say, you know, replace it with a truth statement, right? A big one that I talk about is journalists need you. People don't think about that, right? They think that you oh, know, yeah. you know, they're doing you a favor by interviewing you, and you get a little bit of like media coverage, and you're gonna get a logo over your website, and you know, the journalist doing you a favor. Okay, no, <laughs> because if the journalist didn't have people to talk to, they wouldn't have stories, and if they don't yeah. have stories, they don't get paid. <laughs> so, you know, coming to coming to a media strategy or coming to a marketing strategy, saying like you are needed. Your voice is needed. Your voice is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, your angle,
0: your opinion. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even to add to that is, you know, um, there's, there's a statistics that I that, that I quote regularly is that um, in mainstream Canadian media, only 31% of sources interviewed are female. Like- we're more than 50% of the Canadian population, but we're only 30% of the voices heard in mainstream media. And there's actually, there's a, there's a daily, a a mainstream Canadian daily newspaper that that number was at 14% at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Like talk about how important your voice is, especially as female entrepreneurs. And I mean, and this can get even more layered when you're talking about like a, um, the, the BIPOC population as well or any type of visible minority sure. or any underrepresented segment of our community. They're just adding in a whole other layer sure. onto under, you know, underrepresentation. The media needs our voices. But they won't know right?
0: that you're there. Exactly. You Raise so your hand
1: yet. Yeah. You've got to step, you've got to step into that role. You've mm-hmm. got to step into that role as an expert and say, I'm going to lend my voice to the public conversation mm-hmm. and it takes work, right? It's again, it's identifying what those beliefs are. Why, why aren't you, why aren't you putting yourself out there in that way? Not just in the media. It could be, uh, you know, it could be any public facing interaction, sure. networking, social media, blogging, e-newsletter, whatever it is, it's a public facing instance, right? So you've got to decide, you know, you've got to identify why you're not doing it. Figure out, you know, those truth statements. Sometimes it takes research, right? You've got to do a little bit of research to, to prove to yourself that yes, I am needed or yes, my voice does matter. It could take a little bit of research to get you there. And then, you know, that third takeaway is you've got to act, okay? We can sit here, you know, you and I Or with my clients, I can sit here and talk about this all day, but the people that are the most successful are the ones who actually step into action. Mm-hmm. right and actually like the start- reason
0: you're listening to this podcast is because we recorded it and i put it out into the ethers as yeah. well as being like hey that was a great recording thanks Absolutely. for coming on the show my afternoon is done yeah. i'm gonna just put this into the trash bucket and be like okay cool And uh,
1: you know what i'd even have to say all of your listeners right now have taken a step towards action because they've gotten this far in the podcast yes. like, if they're may- if they've listened this far <laughs> right but How are they not we're right, so engaging. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they're you know you know listeners like if you've gotten this far like this has obviously resonated with you in some mm-hmm. way so you know don't just sit here and be like wow that was a really great conversation like step into action you know you've yeah. already taken the first step by listening to this and absorbing it but what are you going to do next right like you've got to step into some sort of action in order to move forward move forward with your business move forward with your personal growth whatever it is you've got to act on that hmm I so those are that. my three takeaways.
0: <laughs> Sweet. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, yeah. learn more about your programs, your offerings, or just kind of like ask you a few questions, what are some great ways that they can reach out?
1: Yes. I mean, uh, going back to social media, I'm very active on Instagram. Um, so I am at uh, Wilshire underscore media, um, and you can absolutely reach me there. Um, shoot me a DM. I'm, like I said, I'm very active on social. Um, and then my website as well is uh, wilshiremedia.ca. Um, and then I also have an, a course that I'm launching called Pitch Class um, and which is super exciting. So it's uh, we're actually launching. So I've, I've done um, I've done sort of a live version. But what we did is we actually turned it into a digital course. So it's a completely self-guided digital course. And I'll walk you through the seven steps to securing <laughs> meaningful media coverage that converts. We walk you through step by step. And uh, we actually announced not that long ago that we're going to be doing a pay what you can model. Um, in order to help support small businesses, um, especially during this very bizarre year (laughs) Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. I understand that, you know, especially practitioners who maybe have not been able to practice the way that they wanted to or small businesses who have been shut down, um, they might not have the disposable income Mm -hmm. that they need in order to, you know, do a course like this. So we're offering a pay what you can. Um, You just, when at checkout, you just pick the price point that you're most comfortable with as low as $2 no coupons, no discount codes, no questions asked, just pick what you're comfortable with and you unlock the full course. So that's pitch-class.com.
0: Thank you so much. And we'll have all those links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like we could have chatted forever. So I agree. (laughs) What we did in the time that we did is pretty brilliant, Um, but I just love what you're doing. It is absolutely needed. And like Elaine said, don't just listen to this and be like, that was cool. Move on to the next episode start showing up start letting people know that you have a voice even if it's hella scary and you are like gonna barf afterwards Mm -hmm. you still gotta do it just walk with the fear and it will get easier over time i promise
1: absolutely nailed it yep definitely
0: thanks again (laughs) thanks andrea okay guys that's another interview in the books I hope you had your pen and paper out. I hope you're really listening to the truth bombs that we had throughout that entire interview. And I hope that you start to take that away and implement it immediately into your next email, your next subject line, your next pitch to a publication, your next social media post, whatever it is that requires writing and for you to get comfortable with positioning yourself as an authority, start flexing that muscle. And of course, if there's any way that I can help you personally or that my team can help you, let us know. Because we are creating these things. We are creating the logos, the graphics, the programs for our members. And we are doing it fast. Do not forget to enter that contest. It is so worth your while. And it's all going down on the Instagram page at Maximendi. Drop me a DM. Just say, hey, let me know that you're listening. We are on the countdown to 200 episodes. I can't wait to celebrate with you. I'm Andrea Maxim, and I'm out. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. Leave a review and drop me a message on Instagram at AndreaMaximND as I love hearing from you. Just so you know, we also host the video version of most of our episodes on MaximizedBusiness.ca. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode.